You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 296. Today's case study of the week helps you identify what to focus on when your launch ain't working. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 3 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here, and welcome to a special Wednesday edition of the Mind Your Business podcast, where we get to showcase extraordinary entrepreneurs like you who are up to extraordinary things in their business. Now, today is no exception. I've got with us my buddy, Mr. Joey C. Vitali. He's an attorney who helps business owners play defense by protecting their brand, something we all need. And at the end of this episode, he's actually going to maybe share some advice. And uh, you can go check him out at Joey C. Vitale for more of that legal advice. Because as entrepreneurs, we don't want to ignore these things even when they're not sexy. Because it's not sexy. And this guy is tasked with the job of selling unsexy. And he's doing it. So this is a great interview where you're going to hear from Joey and his journey doing a couple of launches that didn't exceed his expectations. Has that been you? Perhaps, maybe so. You did something, you were like, oh, yeah, big goals, big aspirations. And then it was like followed up with a wah, wah, wah. Yeah, now we've all been there. It's called entrepreneurship. It's called what you signed up for. But when you're doing it a couple times, like a year of launching again and again and again, and something's still not working, it helps to have a guide It helps to have some advice, some coaching on what the heck you should focus on that is going to make the difference. And that's what we talk about today, what Joey started to look at, what he changed in his latest launch to make it bigger than all of his other launches combined. How about that? Because of the changes that he made and not the things that you think. So we're going to hear all of that and more in today's episode. Plus, you're going to learn how when he focused on the right changes, he also had the opportunity to choose to make this launch not just the most profitable, but the easiest and most fun. And most importantly, Joey is left now with a launch sales system that works, which means scalability time. Time to take this thing to the moon. And that's exactly what he's going to do. So keep an eye on Joey. Make sure to connect with him. We've linked up his Instagram account in the show notes so you can reach out to Joey and let him know what in this episode specifically that he shared provided the most value and impact for you. What is it that he shared that you're going to go take action on so he can help you so you can go help others? Let him know. Send him a little DM. I think he would like it. Okay, let's get into today's case study of the week with Joey C. Vitale. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with this week's special guest, my case study of the week, Mr. Joey Vitale. Joey, how are you doing, buddy? Great, James. Thanks so much for having me on. Of course. Thanks for taking the time. I want to dive into this because you just just wrapped up a launch like about a week ago? 
two weeks ago. Two weeks yeah. ago at the time of this recording. So it'll be a couple more weeks by the time our audience listens to it. Biggest launch so far? Yes. Biggest. This was not only the biggest launch so far, but I made more this launch than I have all of my past launches for this. Oh, so this is like one of those like, all right, we're getting somewhere. We're making yes. some stuff happening. It also was an easy launch for you. We're going to jump into talking about the launch free fall and how we can opt out of that and how you were able to opt out of that. But to give our listeners some context, first and foremost, let's share with them a little bit more about what you do. Who do you help? How do you help them? Sure. So I am a trademark lawyer. I help online business owners protect their brands and legally own them using trademarks so they don't get hit with a cease and desist letter and lose their whole brand overnight. Yeah. And last year through BBD, I created a online program to help people who might not be able to afford to work with an attorney one-to-one to have kind of a guided program that they could use to file for their own trademarks. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So um, that's what you do. And this, let's just go to the end results of this last last launch. You did just over 10,000? Just over 10K. Yeah. Almost 11K. Awesome. How's that feel? So it feels amazing. But like I, the number was one, like it was weird. Like I was hoping that I would get that number. It was amazing to get it. But looking back, like I'm just really like proud of myself, mm. you know? I do know. What what specifically are you most proud of? I just, I knew going into it that I could either make it really difficult for myself and kind of overwhelm myself with all of these different things that I could do. Or I could say, you know what? I've already launched this thing three times. Hmm. Let me really look at the parts of it that were good enough and just focus on the things that I think need the most improvement, which hmm. for me this time was nailing my webinar. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So you, so well, what I'm hearing is you, you could have chose to make it difficult. What would difficult look like? Like for a while, I was thinking, you know, maybe the colors on my website need to be different. Like maybe <laughs> Come that's on, the thing that'll help. <laughs> my colors are causing people to run away. Yeah. Or what if, you know, what if somebody who was in the, the got my emails last time sees that it's the same set of emails that I mm. used? Do I need to completely redo all of the copy? Yeah. Yeah. I still, I see that a lot too. Like uh, people, I do the webinar again. People are saying, oh, I've heard this. Did, is this the yeah. one you did last time? Okay. So you chose to make it a little easier by focusing on just a few of the things that you think would have the biggest difference. The first thing and the biggest thing you identified was the webinar itself. Yeah. Can you take us through a little bit of that of like, okay, so then how did you drill down? Did you change the colors of the, the webinar <laughs> slot, the font choices? And <laughs> no, no, I, I mean, I definitely thought about it for a little bit, but <laughs> I, <you're> honest. <laughs> um, I really, I think I went back to something in business by design that talked about how, you know, if your webinar isn't really performing as well as you want it to, then number one, you're probably giving away too much value. Yeah but you also might not be connecting it deep enough of a level, deep enough of a pain point. Mm. And, you know, I, as a, as a lawyer, I know that I sell something that people don't really want to talk about. Yeah. And in a lot so of ways it's, to, it's preventative. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. And so I had system. to come up with something that I could say that could get them kind of on board and making that a priority with their wallet. Mm. Yeah. And you feel like you did that. Yeah. It took a lot of listening Mm, to um, 
yeah, throughout the runway. And like, you know, especially with my one-to-one services, whenever people didn't buy figuring out why it was or going back to social media posts and seeing what type of content seemed to get really good engagement. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So was there anything else that you focused on during the launch or anything else you like? Well, let's look at this. So was there stuff in the previous launches that you're like, uh-oh, something's still off. Something's, or is it, was it just like, this is great. And I just need to, like, how did you know you didn't just, I just need to get more people. Yeah. So the first time I did the launch and again, like business by design is so freaking helpful, mm-hmm. but the monetize before you make it model really helped give me, you know, that kind of push that I needed to sell the thing before I had it all done. Yeah. And so that was a beta launch. It was founding member half price. And then the second launch I did, the numbers were like half. And so then I was like, oh no, I had all the numbers were half versus the beta launch. Yeah. So I ended up like the number of the number of customers went down in half. The overall revenue. Overall okay. the first one. What was so the biggest, thought, uh, sorry, I ask all these questions. No. It's just because I know our audience is going to be so curious too. What was the biggest changes going from that beta launch to that next launch? Did you raise the price? So I raised the price mm-hmm. and I, I think that the, the price change was the main one. And I remember after that second launch feeling like, oh no, like, I need to go back to my founding member pricing or like I've completely exhausted my list already. (sighs) Like what do I do from here? Yeah. So in this last launch, is it the same price or did you end up going down in price? So this time I kept the price kind of as it originally should have been. Mm -hmm. So that founding member price times two. Yep. I added a really great fast action bonus Hmm. that was kind of relevant enough to what I was talking about. And it's a lot of what people ask me for as a lawyer. Well, that's good. That I don't find super valuable. What, what is it, it, what is it if to you them, don't, don't mind my asking? I call it the entrepreneur's guide to the legal side. So it helps you figure out how to form an LLC in your state. You get a privacy policy, uh, terms of use template, and you understand how to use copyrights. To me, that's a lot of the things that people are starting to go to a lawyer as like a commodity. Mm. Like, Hey, can I get these things from you? Thanks. Bye. Yep. And so I learned within a couple of years of being a business lawyer that if that was all that I did as a lawyer, I really wasn't creating a relationship with people who wanted those things. Yeah. Yeah. But you see this need. So you created it as, as part of the offer. Yeah. Um, was this the first time you did that in this, in this launch? This was the first time. Yeah. Okay. And so do you feel like that made a difference? I feel like that made a difference Mm -hmm. for sure. And then also I, in the past, I always felt like, you know, if you can, so all of my launches have always been webinar launches Mm -hmm. and there was always this pressure that I felt after I tried to get people to a webinar and I had the webinar and then sales would be coming from that webinar. I'd be like, you know what? Like I can do more. What else can I be doing on social media to send people to the sales page? And it was very exhausting for my first couple of launches. Mm -hmm. And so for this last one, I decided, you know what? If people don't get on the webinar, then like, I'm not going to give others my, that attention. Yeah. Because it's also not great for my numbers when I just see all of these floaters sign up and I don't know how they got there. 
That's a great point too. That's a really, that's a really great point. And I think we want to do that, right? Which is, I think this is something that's never really come up on one of our chats before on the podcast of, you know, the idea of segmenting and understanding like the distinction between like a launch list and the rest of your audience. And yeah, there probably can be some sales made when you're like, well, let me just open it up to everybody else. You know, they're following, they didn't attend the webinar. They didn't register with, they might still want to join and all that, but you're right. It's so much of a, more of a conversation you have to have with that person because they don't have the context of the message included in the webinar. And then, you know, you might make some sales there, but I wonder what the more long-term effects are, you know, right? of like, they see that if you're doing that consistently every time, like, you know, you could do a webinar every week right now. You just repeat this or you could do a webinar every month, but you're just yeah. getting new people in. But if you're, you're going back to your, your social media audience every week and saying, Hey, cart's open. Hey, cart's open. Hey, hey the doors are open. You know, what kind of impact does that have on them long-term? So that's really right. good. So that was something that you focused on was, was just going deep with the the people that did attend the webinar. Do you know roughly your numbers? Like how many registrants, how many attendees off the top? Yeah. Of so I think it was around 87 registrants mm-hmm. and then around 24 attendees. So this is also amazing because you're, you're doing this with like very small list size numbers. I mean, re- everything's relative, but yeah. Yeah. My law firm has its own kind of list. And then I'm trying to build awareness of this program, but it's a slow build. And so in terms of me having a program that I'm offering, I've got a pretty small list Yeah. in that case. Are you finding though that doing the webinars is building your list and getting you in front of new people like when they register? Well, and I think that it also opens the door to so many people who know that they're not ready to work one-on-one. And so they're not even thinking about getting to know me in that space. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well, if this is a program, maybe that's something that you know my business can yeah. move forward with. Yeah. But that's always exciting to me because I think we just hear this belief all the time that you have to have this big list or this massive audience yeah. before you can sell anything, let alone make 10K in a launch. Yeah. So we had 24-ish attendees Mm -hmm. and then eight sales from the webinar. Yeah. But we had 24 total sales for the launch. How did that happen? I did like a beta affiliate launch. Okay. And so this time I decided, you know what, like I I do want this to be fun. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to some business friends of mine who have been following me for a while, who have been promoting people to my law firm. And I was like, Hey, I've got a couple of different ways that I think it would be fun for you to be an affiliate for me. What do you think? And so I kind of had two different trajectories on how people could be an affiliate partner with me. One was just that I would kind of send them, you know, copy and pasteable swipe copy directly to a sales page mm-hmm. for people who might not maybe all that they could do. Yeah. And then second, for anybody who wanted to do a live training with me, they could do the training. And one wanted to do a YouTube live with her people. The other one wanted to do a Facebook live with her people. Are these people that were new to affiliate stuff or they'd done that before? Was this... They were, uh, one was new, one had done it before. Okay. And how did that t- turn out? Did, did it generate some sales then? Each of them brought in eight sales. Wow. So those two did. And I learned so much. Yeah. Because I learned that neither of those paths work very well. So the next time I do it, I'm not going to have a, they're not going to be able to just 
send people to a sales page and they're not going to be able to host it on their own platform because I know that my conversion rate is high enough where they Mm -hmm. can make more money if they just send people to my webinar that's special for them. Yeah. Or you could do a unique webinar just for their people. Right. I love that. I mean, honestly, Joey, like moving forward, you could just every month pick a new person you want to work with and do a webinar just for them to their audience. And then yeah. it's the same webinar and as you got in front of another audience and do it again. I mean, well, and it's, it's so interesting because I really did join BBD as almost like a silo for this concept of courses, mm-hmm. but it's helped my law firm in so many ways. Wow. Oh, that's and, awesome. And now I'm thinking, you know what, like I can do like a, a webinar that's more geared towards my law firm, like every other week mm-hmm. and build my list that way too. And then take all those people who might not buy yet and be on the fence and have that as, you know, my waiting list for the next launch. Totally. Oh, well, that always makes me happy. <laughs> I've had, you know, I've had so many people share that. And that is like always makes me smile when there's like, well, I came because I was going to learn how to like launch and sell an online course. But I also oh, learned- now I'm just like a like a volume 11 human being so that's amazing yeah that's so cool okay so let's um let's dive into this a little bit more because you did say that before the call that like you didn't you chose to make this easy you opted out of the whole launch free fall thing which is real folks like that weightless oh moment where you're like is this working i have no idea but this was like a light and easy launch for you what did it take to make that happen? And then what advice do you have for somebody else who would probably like to experience the same type of launch? Yeah. So our good buddy, Tyler J. McCall, oh, yeah. who introduced me to BBD and to you in general, he, at one point, I was actually in my second or third launch and it was not going super well. I was in free fall and I was at a conference. <laughs> so While you were launching, yeah. Pro tip, probably don't go to a conference while you're in the middle of your launch. But he was trying to like talk me up while I was just like, no, like this isn't working. And he said, well, one thing that's helped me is transitioning from a seven day launch period to just a four day launch. Mm. So that way the doors aren't open during a weekend. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that kind of makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And this past week, I actually was in Sicily with my family all week. And so when I started looking at my calendar, we were like, okay, you know, James says I can do this thing how I want to. So what if we open the doors on the Monday, closed it on Thursday, and then I flew to Italy on Friday. Oh, I love that. I love that. How was the experience of, because people, I, I think people are coming around, but for a long time, people would be super resistant. Like, no, 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 I have got to keep the doors open longer. I mean, seven days is fine, but. Some people are like two weeks. What was the experience doing it in four days? Did it feel like too short? What was that like for you? I think it felt great Mm. because it, I mean, I don't know. I I haven't really had enough past experiences with things to really kind of see because I did so much different this this launch. Um, But for me, it felt great. And because there weren't as many days between the webinar and the close date, there weren't as many days where I was like, okay, what can I do today to try and help the cause? Yeah. 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 It it does. It feels like with a longer card open, it's, you got to spend more energy to like keep the energy up. 
Yeah. You know, like, what can I do today? And when you shorten it, you really condense that and you get to become, I think, far more intentional. Yeah. Um, so that's that's good. Was there anything else that you felt like really changed in this in this launch for you? Well, one of the things that I learned through my previous launches and through kind of just getting to know other members in Business by Design and in the group was that things will always happen during the launch that can get you down, that can make you feel about like postponing things. <laughs> and yeah. it's kind of like when you wake up in the morning and you don't really feel like you want to work out. Right. Like if you don't want to, like you will come up with some good excuse. A really good excuse. Go. I don't want to overtrain. Um, you know, that's a good one for me. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. <laughs> overtrain. I like that. <laughs> but like the universe will definitely like give you excuses to not launch if you ask for right. those excuses. <laughs> Yeah, good ones, really good ones. And like two weeks, so we had scheduled these dates because of my family trip mm -hmm. a couple months ago. And I'm not great with like details in my calendar. So a couple weeks beforehand, we were like, oh shoot, Monday is cart open day. It's also Labor Day. Oops. <laughs> yeah. And it was a very kind of oh well moment for me. Right. Where I was like, well, at this point, let's just do it. Yeah. And so the fact that we still got 87 people to sign up for it. Totally. And got the results that we got. And, and there have been other launches where I've been sick or like I had that conference. Like there are always things that can make you double or question things. We get those questions in the group all the time. Like, oh, can I launch over a holiday or not? Or there's a holiday here, so I can't. And yeah, it can affect. You know, I've seen it affect. I've seen obviously things like political stuff, elections and you know, big things that you don't have control over too come up. But, you know, by and large, I think it has less of an effect than we think it is, especially because if you're doing something like this, it takes place over a few days, right? If they don't watch the webinar, they can, you know, see a replay or follow the follow-up sequence and all that type of stuff. And so it's not all this, like, it has to be this perfectly clear calendar where nothing else in someone else's life is happening so they can't have any distractions. It's like, it's an hour of their life. If yeah. they're really excited about it, they're going to watch it. So you did it and it happened anyway. So I love that. So, okay. So even though this was only like two weeks ago, I always tend to find that, you know, having accomplishments like this creates a lot more clarity moving forward. So where are you at now? Like what's on the horizon? What are you thinking about? What are kind of like your next steps? Yeah. So, I mean, the main accomplishment from this launch Again, like the numbers were great, but knowing that we now have a webinar that converts at that rate yeah. is like amazing because mm -hmm. our messaging was the one thing that I've been working on for like the past year. Yeah. You, and you got it. You, you dialed it in. That's awesome. And now that that's there, it's like amazing. And so we can kind of work kind of out from there and say, okay, what can we do to bring people into the webinars? And so Facebook ads is kind of our next thing. We've done it before, but I... I was just kind of doing it in a very almost like beta e way to just kind of dip my toes into it. And now that can be like the main thing that I'm focusing mm -hmm. on the next time. Good. I love it. So do you see yourself like doing this every quarter? How frequently, how often? Yeah. So the plan for now is every quarter. I, you know, one of the reasons why I decided to do affiliates was because I had this huge shiny object syndrome thing happen earlier in the quarter where I had this idea for another program that I could sell. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, maybe people aren't buying what I'm selling because they really want this other thing that I could sell them. Right. 
So I built this other program and I decided that I was going to try doing that evergreen. And so I built that the, the webinar was converting high enough for there. So I went evergreen, but after my live launch, I just heard crickets. Mm. And so I, at that point started to try and reach out for affiliates. And I learned that, you know, if you're going to go the affiliate route to sell an evergreen course, then you're going to be live launching with affiliates right. a lot. Yeah. I was like, well, if I'm going to be live launching anyways, <laughs> right, right. I might as well not do it every week. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. The plan is to have the next door open be in December. But moving forward, I'm not sure because with my law firm, you know, we are talking to people every month who mm. are interested in trademarks but don't have the budget or the, the perceived need to move forward right away. And it would be nice to offer this to those people kind of when they're primed after we had that conversation. Oh, totally, totally. I love that. Okay, awesome. Well, hey, I figured while I have you here, putting you on the spot, for sure. our listeners who are like course creators on social media, as influencers and thought leaders, memberships, group coaching, maybe just doing one-on-one, any quick legal advice tips that would be a real benefit to our listeners, especially someone just getting started who's like a perfect fit for your program? Yeah. Could offer. Well, I'm actually going to steal this from you, James. Oh, good. <laughs> but but you at some point in the group, and I'm sure you said this multiple times, but being concerned about copycats mm -hmm. is not worth your time and energy as a business owner. Yeah. And I have so many business owners coming to me saying, how can I protect my business so that when someone takes something, I can slap their wrists <laughs> and what's legal and what's not? Mm. And, you know, what can I do to, to really protect this process that I'm building? And at the end of the day, people copying you is a really good problem to have. Right. And so, yes, there are certain layers of protection you can put in place, a certain plan that you can have so that when that happens, you don't freak out like crazy and you can at least, you know, have a sense of what the next steps are those things are pretty easy to put in place. But if you're going to an attorney to just really protect your idea from ever being taken from anybody else, then you're probably not going to grow your business as fast as you could. Mm. Yeah, I would say step number one to anybody asking that question would be get whatever your proprietary method or framework is out there as fast as you can in the biggest way possible so that anybody else would say, oh, that's Joey's stuff. Hey, this person's copying Joey. Yep. And I mean, I have that happen all the time where people come back and say like, oh, this person's doing what James is doing or they're copying James or whatever. And it's like, that's your biggest thing because, you know, especially in this type of industry, when it's so much as a personal brand, it's reputation. Yep. You know, so someone who's trying to copy anything like we both know and what I, I know you're already speaking to, it doesn't actually really hurt you. It's it's hurting the person that's doing the copycatting. Absolutely. Well, and that's that's the big reason why my law firm transitioned to trademarks was because those I've learned through just my experience helping business owners is something that can break your business from the start. Can you so, can you go into that too? Elaborate yeah. A so bit? a very quick example mm -hmm. is Entrepreneur Magazine 
owns the word entrepreneur as a trademark. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're now going after every single business related podcast with the word entrepreneur in its name. I know it's crazy. Oh, that's just yeah. like, that's like such a, a such a bummer. Like, how, so do you, how do you have that? Oh, this is me getting on my grinding my gears here. But like, how do you own so, that word? Like, come isn't on. it crazy? That was actually one of the things that I included in my webinar. I was super proud of it. Mm -hmm. I had this really, I had like 20 different slides with like different images explaining this point because it, it's a little hard to grasp. But the, the fear no longer is about lawsuits. The fear is what can we do if Instagram or Facebook shut you down? Mm -hmm. And for business owners, a courtroom dispute has evolved into a social media dispute. And if wow. you have a trademark registration number, you can take down any business. Wow. On Unless social media. Unless the money to fight you, and most of them don't. Yeah. So if you have a registration number and the energy to send a cease and desist letter, then unfortunately the reality right now is that a lot of business owners will just buckle and give in to whatever that demand is. Yeah. But is that also saying that entrepreneur.com or magazine can go to like Instagram and say, shut this person down because they're using our, our word. And that's where it gets tricky. They potentially could. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm trying to do is helping business owners just be aware of some of those big risks so they can avoid it yeah. and then file for their own trademarks because it's relatively easy to do. Mm -hmm. And it's the only thing you can do to really own your brand. Yeah. And the, the biggest mistake that I'm seeing a lot of business owners making is they see those threats and they decide to create a really cookie cutter business. So instead of building an actual personal brand with a perspective and a flavor, they're like the grocery store version of like a cereal box with mm. just like no packaging. <laughs> the bottom shelf cereal box. Like Facebook ads for entrepreneurs right. is like their whole brand. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we could go down the rabbit hole here, but um, <laughs> let's just so people can learn more about you and and your message. Where can they go and find you? So the best place is on Instagram. You can follow me at Joey C. Vitale. Cool. And we will link all of that up in the show notes for you guys so you can give Joey a shout out. And before we wrap today, is there anything else you want to share? Any final thoughts, words of wisdom, advice for any of our listeners here before we call this yeah. complete? Well, I was thinking about this the other day. Mm -hmm. James, you say a lot that action creates clarity. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so freaking true. And I keep learning that over and over again, but I've also learned that clarity creates more action. Oh yeah. It just becomes this momentum. Yeah. yeah. And like the, I mean, these debriefs are so powerful and really looking at my numbers and getting clear on how things were just propels me that much further to like, what I need to do next? Yeah. What would you say to someone right now who's done two or three launches but it just hasn't gone the way they wanted it to go and they're feeling a little discouraged right now. What I've learned, because I've been there, mm -hmm. is that you're not running a race with anybody else. Mm. And regardless of those results and the way that you're perceiving them, you're a better business owner than you were before those launches. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and you're going to be a better business owner when you just keep going. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. 
Joey, I really appreciate you coming on the show, taking the time away from your business and your, your law firm to share and give so freely with our listeners here. And I wish you all the best. I hope that we'll get to do another one of these with your next big breakthroughs in everything that you're, uh, that you're up to next. But thanks, buddy. I appreciate you taking the time. Me too. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, thank you to all of our listeners out there for tuning in again. And uh, we'll see you all here next time here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.